hands down, my favorite CD of all time would have to be Live at the Village Vanguard by Bill Evans. Well, for sure, Giant Steps by John Coltrane. Joni Mitchell. One would have to be the essential Billy Holiday. Duke Ellington, Kind of Blue, Sticky Fingers, Beatles, The Who, Todd Rundgren, Keith Jarrett, Oscar Peters, Dave Brubeck, Songs in the Key of Life. There's no surprise for regular listeners to Jazz FM 91 that we hold Mark Jordan in high regard. Mark is based in Toronto and has recorded numerous albums and has had his music recorded by Rod Stewart, Chicago, the Manhattan Transfer, Cher, and countless others over the, uh, the years. He's going to be here in a, a few minutes' time to play the music that he would take to a desert island. Here he is. This is from an album that he did called This Is How Men Cry. Here's Mark Jordan. And Charlie Parker loves me on Jazz FM 91. Mark Jordan and Charlie Parker Loves Me on Jazz FM 91. And as promised on this special edition of uh, Stranded Music for a Desert Island, Mark Jordan is uh, is here. Good to see you. Good to see you. The, I've wanted to ask you about this tune for uh, for some time. Primarily, because we talked about it once before, and I wanted to ask you because I've forgotten now. It was so long ago. So have I. What made you write it? Um, I got it. It was a track... Um, that I got from uh, my my old writing partner John Capek and a guy named Steve Kipner in California, and they wrote they wrote the track together, and uh, it took me a long time to to know what the song was going to be about, and um, and I, I I just thought of Charlie Parker as a sort of a metaphor for being um, slightly out of control maybe and and kind of a sadness there was a sadness in his life and and uh, so I just used I used his name as a metaphor for that and that's what the the song uh, evolved from there so the lyrics are yours yeah and the melody and the melody yeah First album that you bought, do you remember? The first album I bought... Or it could have been the first 45. Um, was a Hudie Ledbetter 45, actually. And uh, it was a, a, a... And I... But I, as I remember, it had four songs on it. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how that could have been, but... Was one of them Black Betty? No, they were they were really early um, sharecropper songs, like and field songs, and uh, I'm trying to think what the hell they were. But it was just him and guitar. Oh, I, and I think one of them uh, was recorded from prison because he spent a lot of time in prison. And um, so, how old would you have been? Uh, I would have been maybe. Uh, 12 or 13, I guess. And living in New York? No, I was living, we were in Toronto then. My dad was working in Toronto. Okay, so for this period of time, I mean, I've got to ask you, I mean, for a 12-year-old to be into uh, 
Hoodie Ledbetter. Uh, where did that come from? Um, well, it came from uh, the fact that my mother gave me a radio, just a you know a small radio, and uh, it had a an, a an antenna screw on the back of it, and I ran a wire from the back of the radio to the drain pipe of our house <laughs> out the window and um i i used, you know there was no none of that music in in played on in toronto at that you know in those days i don't i don't suppose many people play it today but you um you know if there was a storm in cincinnati i could get I could get stations in Louisiana. It was very weird. Like, I could get, you know, all kinds of fading in and out these stations in in the South. And uh, I heard this. I heard this. These songs being played on, I can't remember the call letters, you know, but uh, in, in the States because my house was basically an antenna at that point <laughs> so when you think about yourself now as a uh, as a uh, as a songwriter i mean somewhere deep in your psyche i guess is uh, is that influence yeah i've always been attracted to uh, uh african the african american influence in music i mean I, that's the only thing that's meant anything to me you know in it, in terms of like the pop area is is what what black americans brought to it the 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 the, the darkness and the light and the suffering and the joy especially the joy that they brought to uh, american music is, is is so undeniable so I think this is a good time to uh, to uh, talk about your uh, your next desert island pick, and this is Billie Holiday and Strange Fruit. Yes, yes, um, that was maybe her signature song, uh, uh, and uh, one I heard many many years ago and didn't really know what it was about till I was older. But it, it's uh, it was written by uh, Abel Maripol, and and uh, it's. The African experience, uh, you know, in in much of their two hundred year Holocaust. In the uh, few years back, Time magazine said that it was the uh, the most important song of the twentieth century. Wow. Well, I, I believe that. And 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 no better person to sing it, either. Yes. She brought such power and. Uh, um, tangential meaning, you know, to every word of that song. I mean, she was the perfect delivery system. Let's listen. Here's Billie Holiday. This is from 1935, and uh, this is Strange Fruit.
Billie Holiday and uh, Strange Fruit on Jazz FM 91. I think, uh, you know, if you talk about songs that can change the world or songs that did change the uh, the world, uh, I think that would be a contender. I agree. Changing, I guess, is the... I guess we're in the process. A little bit forward, a, a few steps forward, a few steps back, right? I've often heard you referred to as a uh, as a singer songwriter as a, as a songwriter as a, as a performer what is there that uh, that feels best well um at, at different times is different things like i um uh, the whole time i was uh, in california it was almost 17 years i didn't play one gig but before I left, the uh, you know the five six years before I I left for this for uh, California, I played all the time in Toronto, and all all over Ontario and a little bit in New York State and 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 uh, I really enjoyed it. But I enjoyed the writing when I was there. I didn't see I didn't actually miss playing. But when I moved back to Canada. I really wanted to play again, and uh, I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm a, like a great performer, but I, I like to, I like to connect with an audience, I like to talk to an audience, I like to, I, I, uh, I like to, I like to sing to them, because I think it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful, um, I see um, singing as a gift. I think people enjoy it on so many levels. It 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 speaks to memories, speaks to their heart and their mind. And uh, and what you know, when I was young, performing was all about me. It was all about how I what you know wanted to be a rock star you know when I was a young guy and and um, but what I realized as I got older was it wasn't about me at all and I and it's about the people who come and listen and it's about the power of music and uh, you're just a, like a delivery system for that you know it just goes through you and and it, it it and 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 audiences are so generous and so they don't come to create you know when I go to a concert I I'm like in five minutes I'm critiquing it the performance and the I would have done this differently or I, I like that song or this isn't that great or this is but audiences don't do that audiences come to love it audiences come to be to to receive in a very almost a loving way and and I I just like to be part of that you know it, it, it's only it, it's only and I've only come to this in the last uh, 10 years or 15 years that that you're just there to give something to an audience 
and they take it mm-hmm. and they make it their own. I want you to talk about this uh, next desert island pick by Chet Baker. Um, almost, blue. almost blue. Yeah. Um, w- when I was uh, living in uh, in uh, Hollywood, we used to have a jam session every uh, Friday for a while, and w- one night um, uh, a guy, a bass player named John Leftwich, came, and uh, he just finished a playing on on um, a Chet Baker record and he brought it and uh, it was you know a lot of standards and and then that's there was this one song that I hadn't heard before and it was almost blue and I said oh geez I really I've never heard that song I love it and he said well it was written by Elvis Costello and I thought well holy smokes I, I you know and uh, but Chet Baker just sang it in such a wonderful way and played it was very mournful and and uh, sad and and I loved the song and uh, I uh, I recorded it uh, soon after that myself here's Chet Baker and this is Almost Blue Mark Jordan's Desert Island Pick on Jazz FM 91 Baker and Almost Blue on Jazz FM 91. Desert Island picked by my uh, guest, Mark Jordan. Is there something about... Uh, it's a melancholy song. Uh, yeah. Some, with great poignancy. Yeah. Uh, is there something in you that's attracted to the uh, the melancholy in songs? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely think so. I, I, um, I'm a downer <laughs> by nature. <laughs> I guess, but uh, you know, uh, I, I mean, know. you're confessing something here, and I don't mean to make make light no, no. of it. But, um, really, I think you learn more from a broken heart than you. Do. I think you learn more from adversity than you do when things are going so great. That expression, "smooth seas don't make the great sailors." Oh, I've never heard that, but that's absolutely uh, true. Yeah, so I like um, I like a rough. Uh, a rough ride? Rough ride. <laughs> I love a rough ride, baby. I love those high waves, and I love the wind, and I I, uh, I love the rough seas, and I love... Uh, I, I'm not going to say I love the pain of, you know, heartache, heartbreak, but but you learn a lot from it, and um, and uh, I th- and it certainly is useful for grist for the songwriting mill. This next piece that uh, we're going to uh, to play. Why would you write about being happy, Ross? There's no point. Is there? Maybe if you're writing for a musical or something. But sadness is so rich. It is, and I mean, I'm at this moment. I'm trying to think of some songs that are about uh, about uh, happiness. Um, and I mean, there are. There are. But. Uh, on the sunny side of the street. Yes. 
you know, but from a, a different time, a different, uh, yeah. a different era. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I can relate to what you were saying because I'm drawn to melancholy songs yeah. too. There's something about there's a beautiful sadness yes. in the, in them, and uh, and I can you know I find that yeah. uh, that very that's appealing. a great way of putting it. It's a beautiful sadness. Well, you've been in the studio. You've been working on a uh, on an album. Yeah. So an album basically of standards. Uh, yeah, a few I've written. Uh, a couple of my own songs, but um, good, uh, and, and uh, just other songs that I I love, and uh, and we did it. Uh, I did it with Lou Pamonti, who arranged and uh, produced, and um, uh, we used the uh, Prague Orchestra, and and it's a uh, it's a lovely, beautiful record, actually. Well, you brought a couple of tracks from it. Yeah, um, with you today, and let's listen to uh, to one of the pieces from the uh, the upcoming album. This is the nearness of you. Yeah, uh, Hoagie Carmichael. Hoagie Carmichael song, and uh, I wrote a little sort of a little musical in- interlude at the beginning, and I'll probably be chastised for it, but I. I don't know why I did it, but I just needed to do it. So this is so interesting to to uh, hear you say this because you had sent this to me a few weeks ago to mm-hmm. listen to, and uh, and I went online afterwards and I thought it's a verse that no one's ever recorded, and yeah. but, but I but I couldn't find a version of it. And uh, well, here well, it, it's, yeah, it's like it, uh, it, was, it was your artistic license. Yeah, I guess. I I hope they don't uh, take my license away, <laughs> and uh, make me uh, do a test. But I, uh, yeah, I, I just did it. It just came to me one day, as we were working on it, and I I just put it down. What's the album going to be called? Not sure yet. Okay. A beautiful sadness, maybe. Here's Mark Jordan. This is a, a track from his uh, upcoming album. It'll be out in uh, in January. Here is Hoagie Carmichael's Nearness of You on Jazz FM 91. When I'm lying alone in my room And the moon's shining down Like a yellow balloon All I do of you Blossom Deary, and uh, now at last, the unmistakable voice of, uh, of Blossom Deary and one of the Desert Island picks of my uh, guest, uh, Mark Jordan, who's going to be at the uh, Jazz Bistro on the 29th and the 30th. Why Blossom Deary? Well, I've loved, I've loved her. Uh, this is the first time I heard her. Uh, is it I, the voice? The voice. Yeah, she sounds so um, <laughs> 50s and so 60s and so 70s. It, 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 she has a girlish quality, and, and yet she, she's a real jazz singer. I mean, she really is a 
Fraser and and just depending on what songs she does and I actually had never heard that song until Murray McLaughlin played it for me. It, he said, "Listen to this," and um, and uh, and he played it for me once, and I, I thought, "What? That is a great, great song," and she does it so well. When were you surprised that Murray was aware of it? No, Murray's uh, Murray. It, loves all kinds of music he's a he's a real uh he's a an archaeologist that guy he uh he loves and he loves jazz too you know he's people think of murray as primarily a folk mm-hmm. but um he, he's uh he's a deep he has a deep knowledge of music Sure, and you would know this too because you guys are part of the uh, the quartet. Yeah, the, uh, lunch and Allen's. Yes, yeah. So we, you know, we've traveled together a lot, and uh, and uh, you know, he, he, we share stuff, and and uh, he he played me this, and uh, I this is yeah. Right now, it's my favorite Blossom Deary song, but I've loved her for years and years. Tell me about this next one. By uh, by Howlin' Wolf. Well, the the first time I heard this was um, this rendition was was actually on YouTube, and I was I was just listening to. Sometimes I go down that wormhole, and you you get involved with an artist, and uh, you just spiral down the the YouTube thing. And three hours has gone by, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and and uh, I heard this first on YouTube, but I, but I, you know, I've heard other renditions equally as good, and and it's you know this is a it, what a brilliant songwriter he was, and uh, um, you know done by how many countless rock bands I guess, and first done by I think by Cream wasn't it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, it's just part of that blues legacy that that crept, that created that the music of certainly our generation, the the, the rock stuff and the blues, and the, that's where it all came from. Here's Holland Wolf, and this is Spoonful on Jazz FM ninety one. FM 91, a desert island pick of my uh, guest, Mark Jordan. It's interesting out of uh, simplicity and uh, uh, truly uh, many faults musically within mm-hmm. within the body of that, but it's interesting out of those imperfections can come perfection. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it delivers what it, it's supposed to say in such a profound way and such a I don't know uh, in a way that uh, uh, it's so human and and it's so powerful and frail and 
it, it's got it all. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, it's almost primeval. Yeah, what it has. Yes, that's right, and that's what. And uh, listen, that's it was that kind of music that created the counterculture uh, around music in the in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. Your next desert island pick, Ray Charles. Yeah. Well, he was my idol. Uh, I, when I first heard him, I'd never heard anybody sing like him. He is a consummate singer. And no matter what, he could do a country song, he could do a Tin Pan Alley, he could do, you know, he just did it all. And um, such a, a strong musical identity that, regardless of who had recorded the tune previously, his his uh, his own sense of being made it his. Yes, yes, that's right. And there are there aren't many artists that uh, that can do that. No, and and uh, he, he also as a piano player, he was really a very heavy piano player as well, and as. You know, he was blind, and and how does that happen? He he he's an absolute genius. There's no doubt about it. No doubt. Here's Ray Charles, and this is "You Don't Know Me" on Jazz FM ninety one. Ray Charles, you don't know me on Jazz FM ninety one. Desert Island pick from uh, my guest, Mark Jordan. I want to play another track from uh, from your upcoming album. Can we do that? Yeah. Yeah. Which one is it? I can't let go. This is um. Um, this is a, a song uh, that I wrote uh, over a. A track of um, of uh, Oscar Peterson and uh, Kelly Peterson, his wife, uh, gave me this, and uh, and I wrote this song over it. It's a, this is music that hadn't been heard by Oscar previously, is that right? right. I'm going to accept he might have performed it live or whatever, yeah. but had hadn't been recorded. So you had song fragments that yeah. you basically put together and, yeah. and created this tune. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, some of them uh, were were more cohesive than others. Some of them, but but this was uh, th- this was a lovely little little piece that he did, and uh, it was just uh, thrilling for me to be able to work on it. Here's Mark Jordan, and this is I Can't Let Go, and music by uh, Oscar Peterson, and uh, and lyrics by Mark Jordan. Jordan and uh, I can't let go. We have time for one final piece of music, and uh, this is uh, a Jimmy Webb composition. 
that uh, features Jimmy along with uh, yeah. with Joe Conker. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about uh, Jimmy Webb to you as a as a songwriter. Well, I mean, what can you say about him? Uh, he he. I, I became aware of him, I guess, in the in the early uh, or late seventies, I suppose. And um, just uh, um, he epitomized America for me. Um, he wrote about America in such a. He wrote about the spaces and the and the uh, and just the the love and the and the loss and the the people of America. I just associate him so much with America, and and then. Uh, um, Glenn Campbell, of course, had a number of hits, um, songs written by Jimmy and and Wichita Lineman. Yeah, oh, so many. And I, I think Glenn Campbell, um, I think he recorded like about a hundred of, of Jimmy's songs, and many of them came out, many of them didn't, but. But there was something about Glenn Campbell's voice and Jimmy's lyrics that worked just like Mutt and Jeff. They were just one thing, and and it's the, Glenn Campbell's voice had that longing and that and that sense of like Wichita lineman. You can just feel the space. You could feel, you know, that prairie, that endless horizon, and. Uh, and the and he was a perfect singer for Jimmy's lyrics. I always felt, and um, I just I just love it. Now on this one, as Joe Cocker sings with Jimmy on this song, and uh, Joe Cocker's another guy that you know may be underrated as just a singer. I mean, everybody thought he was a bit crazy and. Because of how he moved on stage, and but he wasn't. I I I knew him a little bit. He was a sweet guy. Did he record some of your stuff? He or? did record. Uh, he recorded a song uh, of mine um, called "Take Me Home" with Becca Bramlett. But I also d- did a couple of sessions with him, late night sessions, uh, vocal sessions. Uh, years ago <laughs> which we can't get into now but uh, they were pretty interesting but he was a he was a, a lovely man and I've tried to do the song of mine that he recorded and when I I sound like such a weenie compared to that voice of his which is as big as you know the Bank of Montreal it's just it's just a force of nature and even when he's singing quietly, it's so big. And um, so I just, the, the two of them uh, are singing on this song, and it's, it's a beautiful song. And in, in some ways, it's, it's uh, when, I listen to, uh, when I listen to Joe on this, it's like he's on a musical tightrope uh, yeah. in terms of just <clears throat> that there's nothing really under there to catch him. Yeah, as he's as he's fragile. Singing. Yes, that's it. It's uh, so fragile. Like he's up. He was a big guy, but he was fragile, man. You know, he was. A, he had a fragile, like a p- 
powerful voice but a fragile voice the 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 ends of his phrases used to crack and and uh in a in a beautiful way you know just like china mark thank you Thanks, Russ. My guest has been uh, Mark Jordan on this uh, special edition of uh, Stranded Music for a Desert Island. So here's that tune that we were talking about. This is Jimmy Webb along with uh, Joe Cocker. And this is the uh, very beautiful Moon is a Harsh Mistress. I'm Ross Porter. <laughs> 